here it comes. That's some new, that's some nice music. I believe I'm not sure. I'll have to double check my notes. It sounds like Chris Rhea, doesn't it? If you if you know your old rock and roll, Chris Rhea. Uh, but anyway, that's from the movie Midnight Run, one of my favorite guitar solos uh, of all time. Anyway, welcome back to Speaking Out America. Good show. Thank you so much again for stopping by. And a reminder, July 10th, uh, CRN Talk will start carrying this program at noon Pacific. Uh, That's starting July 10th. So if you tune in to CRNTalk.com, you'll hear the show every day at noon and then replay it again at 5 p.m. Pacific, Monday through Friday. So we're very happy about that. Also want to, what's cooking today, uh, garnered all kinds of awards for best radio show about food, entertainment, and wine, and uh, and that's is considered the awards uh, uh, held at the Beverly Hills uh, Hilton. I haven't heard that in a long time, and it's sort of considered the Oscars for radio shows. And so, congratulations to Mike Horn for winning an excellent award, award Alex excellent. And so, um, here's I wanted to kind of bring this up a little bit because you know I read a lot. And I read a lot about how the economy is doing. And it's very hard to predict. I mean, one thing I know is, you know, even the experts, you know, they can always tell you what is likely to happen, but they can never specify with any degree of accuracy what will happen. It's it's always elusive. And uh, but one thing we do know from practical experience from those of us who have our own households is when you. Don't follow your budget. Bad things can and do happen. And so if you make $5,000 a month, but you're spending 10, well, it's not going to be that long before you realize that you're in debt a whole lot of money and the creditors start to come after you. But what if you're the government? Who's going to come after you? Your debtors from other countries could but you could always give them something else of equal value or you could, you know, reapply the loan. I don't know what these people do, but all I know is that right now America has a backlog debt of $32 trillion. The interest alone goes up by about a half a million dollars a a second. Somebody has to pay. Those are all the, those are all the entitlements. Those are all the bills that the government pays for stuff that's already been serviced. It doesn't even include the ongoing budget each year of what the government needs to spend just to stay open. So we've been way over for a long, long time. Now, sometimes, uh, sometimes, for example, in World War II, we we were experiencing the Great Depression. Our our parents were, and the war sort of shook everybody out of that. And there was production. There was massive production because when you have massive production it usually means you have massive consumption. And when you have massive consumption, it means people are paying for services. However it is that they are able to do that. It's a great system. What's happening in America and in a lot of other places is that there's just so many damn people now. I mean, we're approaching 9 billion people on the planet. That's a far cry from where we were. It's almost like the the, the deficit. It's, It's just exploding. And I'm not a master economist, I know a little bit about Friedman. I like uh, I like the capitalist system. I think uh, people are naturally indolent, 
and that if if greed uh, inspires them to go out and invent things and create things so that they could have a good life and own property and enjoy uh, the gifts and be able to send their kids to colleges so that they can further their own lives, I'm all for it. There's no other system that is inspiring in that way. And so a friend of mine was telling me as he was coming back the other day, traveling during the holidays, as a lot of us are, that uh, that it's gotten so bad because of the crowds at the airport. And tickets are not cheap. It is not cheap to fly across the country. It used to be. Uh, and miraculously, everybody has $1,000 cell phones in their pocket. And miraculously, we all have $300 headphones on our head or in our ears. And miraculously, this system just continues to go where we consume. And it's, it's not, and I'm not complaining about it. It's a good thing. It means that people are consuming. Uh, and that's what's saving Joe Biden's ass right now. Joe Biden is, is touting the economy as if it's his, but what he, but he won't be honest enough to tell you that yes, prices have gone up. A lot of things have gone up because of what he did with our energy in our country. You know, he shut it off and you know, the laws of supply and the demand automatically make fuel prices go up. And now we're at dependent on other countries for that energy just to sustain us. And it's a fool's errand if he thinks that he's going to green his way into a better economy. He's not. All of these green initiatives, I saw a report last week come across my desk, they're not going to mean financial greatness. And every politician knows that when when the people are angry because of the economy, you are not going to get reelected. So because of the grace of the robust American economy and the 350 million Americans who get up every day and want to eat three squares, they want to go buy stuff, they want to be entertained, because of that massive amount of people, it's almost a guarantee that Joe Biden will have a good economy. The only thing that could possibly ruin it is a war or some other natural disaster, such as like a COVID virus, part two. And we pray that doesn't happen. But here's Joe Biden last week talking in Chicago about the lessons he learned when he was a youth. Another expression my dad used to use, for real. He'd say, Joey, he said, at the end of the month, the question is, after you pay all your bills, do you have just a little left for breathing room? Just a little less for breathing room. All your bills paid. Do you have anything left? Well, inflation eats into that, obviously. But guess what? Bringing down the cost of medication goes a long way to giving you a little more. That's why, through the Inflation Reduction Act, we finally gave Medicare the power to negotiate lower prescription drug prices like the VA does now. I tell you who the biggest donors to Biden's coffer will be is pharmaceutical companies. And the reason being, if you've noticed all the ads on TV, there's a reason why Big Pharma is the main advertiser across all the major news channels, and it's because of the profits they made during COVID. Don't let anybody fool you. And Biden is in their pocket as well. You hear Fauci now is, Fauci, Dr. Fauci is now going to be teaching college or he's sitting on the board at George Washington University. Well, good for him. But uh, it's interesting that Biden says his dad told him, don't spend more money than you make. Leave yourself a little breathing room. Well, he must know that we have a lot of breathing room because why else would he be sending billions of dollars uh, without any, any real thought uh, over there to Ukraine to fund this war, this proxy war 
that we have with with Russia. Uh, and, and that's what's draining the U.S. Treasury. And earlier in that speech, he references to all these small businesses that are coming to the government for aid. That's not a good thing. The government doesn't produce anything. But the government can give you money and then hamstring you so that you have to follow specific DEI uh, constrictions or mandates. So if the government giveth, the government taketh. If the government gives you money, whether you're an organization, an NGO, uh, a nonprofit, uh, they have expectations and you have to follow them, which means they can come in and look at your books. They can make sure that you're, you're equity hiring and you're diversified and you have a board that monitors your ESG and they will enforce all of those rules because once you take a loan from them, you belong to them. Remember, what the government giveth, the government taketh away. And then this just kind of goes right over everybody's head. Zelensky last week said that he's going to hold off on elections until the Ukraine war is over. So ostensibly, Zelensky stays in power and he has motivation to keep this war going in perpetuity. And we're funding this. And Zelensky also is known to be doing a lot of things that are not about democracy. I think it was uh, Tucker last week who made the point. You know, we're over there because we believe we're protecting someone else's democracy, but the very person in charge is is working against it. Uh, he's, he's imposed martial law. They're arresting dissidents. Anyone who disagrees with the war is being arrested or silenced or jailed. Are these, are these the signs of a healthy democracy? I get it. It's war. But the fact is, is in perpetuity, this thing could go on for five years. What if people stop liking Zelensky? What if his own citizens decide that they've had enough war and that it's not, just, it's not worth losing another son or another brother or another father? And then at that point, who's to say that Zelensky can't just keep fanning the flames of this thing? He, think, he seems to think that if Ukraine falls, the rest of Europe falls. And I've not seen any evidence of that. This thing has been between Russia and the Ukraine since 2014 and, and even before that. This has nothing to do with what happens in Spain or what happens in Portugal or Belgium, except in the fact that all of those countries are now involved in this struggle by sending arms and resources. So this thing isn't likely to end anytime soon, which means... We're going to be stuck with Zelensky for a long, long time. And that's where we'll leave it, this edition of Speaking Out America. Thanks for joining me. Don't forget, follow the podcast, Speaking Out America, on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time.